show starts in 
from all over the Palmetto State. Uh, just recently, someone from on the other side of Myrtle Beach ventured down Highway 17 because of warranty and service at Electric Bikes of Charleston. It's in Mount Pleasant. If you're coming to the Low Country or if you're already here, that's where you want to go. Electric Bikes Charleston. Dot com. Chris says in the Nanosports chat box, uh, JB, please look up what the record of the baseball team is in Charlotte the past five years under Kingston. It can't be as bad as people seem to feel about playing there. We're certainly going to talk more about that. It's not. Uh, as a matter of fact, they were four and one in their last five games in Charlotte going into last night's game. Uh, people people don't know. They, they spew stuff all the time without actually having any information. They just have a keyboard and they have fingers. And uh, that makes them right in their minds. But this guy generally is always right. Hale McGranahan covering the Gamecocks for TheBigSpur.com. What's up, brother? Hey, man. I'm wrong sometimes, too. Don't get it twisted. I, I'm uh, just as capable of, of not being right. But try to be right and uh, try to set some folks straight when when they're not right. And yeah, uh, that seems to be a theme on, on rankings release day. For twenty four seven, at least on the big spurt into the top one hundred there, Hill. <laughs> what was that, Phil? Did you move yourself into the top one hundred there, Hill? <laughs> oh, I I don't have any business being in the top hundred thousand. I, I there's zero upside here. Nothing nothing to like about my ability as a football player. All right, so let's just get this out of the way. If anybody's wondering what Hale is talking about, there was a post this morning on the Big Spur, uh, which was uh, a post that was um, that was commenting. It was it was a comment on one of Hale's posts about the commitments who moved in the top twenty four seven. Somebody quoted me as saying that uh, I had a, a source that told me Dante Reno was moving into the top one hundred. I never said that, um, and you can go check the tape. What I did say was that. Uh, I had uh, somebody who felt really good about he will be in the top 250 once they are able to evaluate more more games after he plays this fall. That was an opinion-based comment that was given to me that I passed along. That's all I got. We'll, we'll move on from there. But that, that's hey, what it what, was. It's like that game of telephone. You know, you guys remember telephone? Like yeah. Phil, Phil tells me he's wearing a blue shirt. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm going to let JB know. I say, hey, JB. Phil's wearing blue jeans today. <laughs> JB hits up JC and lets him know. JC comes back from vacation. Phil, why weren't you wearing any pants during the show on Wednesday? What, <laughs> what's going on? Thinking the same thing. I was like, next thing you know, Phil doesn't have on pants. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's how it goes sometimes. That's just how it goes. <laughs> it's okay. Look. I'm just happy that people listen and watch, listen to and watch our program. Uh, if we have to, if we have to correct it every once in a while, that's okay. Uh, no, no harm, no foul, no hard feelings. Um, hey, look, it, it happens often in my own household. I say something, my <laughs> wife turns around two weeks later and says that I said something different. It's, it's, just, it's the nature of the beat. So I think we all know that feeling. Sure. Uh, but uh, thank you, Clint. No, I, ne- I never, I never said that. All right, um, Hale. So I, I know that the 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 I'm sure everybody has read it by now. Um, the 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 rankings release and the movement for for the Gamecocks. Um, I, I was looking this morning uh, at exactly what we looked at yesterday. I just correct me if I'm wrong here. This has not affected South Carolina's class overall. It's still ranked six in the country, right? Uh, I, I think you're right, and and that's one thing to uh, to keep in mind uh, for for these rankings and and remembering that the two four seven twenty four seven rankings 
it's just one piece of the puzzle when it comes to the composite. Uh, I think everybody probably has a feel for that and how, how that kind of works. It's 24-7 rivals on three and ESPN. So um, when one of those services adjusts their rankings, it, it probably won't really have, have a, a, a tremendous effect on, on how the classes rank in, in the composite unless there's just some great big change, you know, guy goes from unranked to top 10 player in the country. It, it's going to be tough for, for that stuff to, to really like move the needle, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, so yeah, I, I don't think it, it had too much effect. And, and along those lines, like the guys who are committed to South Carolina, um, there, there wasn't a lot of movement. Like Cam Pringle moved up two spots in the national rankings. Uh, Mazio Bennett moved down like 23. I think Dante Reno is some moved down about 30. Um, so it's, it's just not a lot uh, there for South Carolina in terms of how it affected the, uh, the overall ranking on, on the composite and where they stand uh, in the country. Let's also point out Shane Beamer did tweet another welcome home yesterday. There are two unannounced welcome homes. We will know in the coming days. I would, I'd say within certainly within three weeks or so, hail for one. I, I, do you have any time frame on the other? Or no? I don't. I don't. I I I've tried to stay out of uh, putting time frames on things because yeah, yeah. you know we've heard a time frame about. <laughs> you know, player X, and all of a sudden that time frame comes and goes, and uh, two months go by, and player X still hadn't announced, and people are freaking out. So, but but I I don't I don't know for sure um, with with yesterday's uh, announcement and, w- and when that guy plans to reveal his decision. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's where it's at. Yeah, so I'm just teeing us up again. So we're going to have a, a top 100 player who hasn't uh, announced when Hale said he was supposed to announce. And, of course, I just said that, so that's probably making its way into the message boards as well. Um, l- let me ask you this, Hale. Um, I-, I think that if if folks could get – because it, it with, with all due respect, you know, with all due respect to pe- people – with all due respect to, to people, to fans, uh, they, they do they – do, love following the recruiting and and the rankings and things like that. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter how much anybody tries to explain to them how little or large movement is or whatever it is. They 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 enjoy it no matter what, right? So maybe it would be beneficial if you could give us a uh, you know, a brief description or a, your own description of of what the latest rankings are based off of, because we haven't played high school football since November or early December, I guess. So, so how are they re-ranking guys now? Where is that information coming from? And then when the next ones come out, what will they be basing that off of? Yeah. And that, that's a good question. And and something that uh, has come up a little bit as, as people have, digested this latest update and and the biggest thing to, to keep in mind is for this this 2024 update and and kind of the context of it all is it's the first update for that class since the rankings folks were done with the 2023 class like they they did the final rankings update for 2023 i think it was in january so ever since then they they've really been you know doing a deep dive 
on the 2024s. And there were already guys, there were already rankings in, in 2024 before that. So uh, it's not like they didn't watch any highlights or go see any guys or, or uh, get any kind of information that helps build these rankings. Like th there was already some of that in place, obviously. Uh, the last couple months has allowed those folks to, to really focus in on rewatch tape, watch more tape that, that they haven't necessarily had to see. Like there have been a, a lot of guys who, who are in this, this latest update who were unranked. Uh, some of them are, are South Carolina recruits. Peyton Lewis, the running back from Virginia. Jamonta Waller, who they're recruiting as a linebacker from Mississippi. Cameron Fountain from Atlanta, defensive end. None of those guys were ranked before yesterday and, and now they're all you know pretty high like fountains number 50 i think waller's 22 or something like that um and lewis is like 135 or whatever so so those guys have made big jumps and and i <laughs> i appreciate the cynicism that a lot of people have towards these things because by by my nature i i'm pretty cynical myself so i i certainly appreciate when people are like Oh, you're just now watching these guys? Like, God, you guys must be pretty lazy. Like, how do you not watch highlights for, for this guy who's got 20 offers? Well, the, there are hundreds, hundreds, thousands of guys in, in this class, and it's just one class. There are others, too. And so it's many, many thousands of prospects that our rankings folks have to come through and evaluate and make sense of and then try to put it on a list that that uh, that makes the most sense for right now. It's a it's a snapshot of the moment, mm -hmm. and it's not done. <laughs> like the the rankings will continue to be updated between now and, and next January. So while some some guys you know might be ranked a little lower than they probably should be, Cam Pringle is one of them. I've been fighting for Cam Pringle for a long time. And trying to remind our rankings folks that that he's someone that that uh, is really good and, and should continue to be moved up. But you know, again, there there's a lot of guys out there that that they have to to evaluate and, and make sense of, and, and again, try to put on a list where it makes the most sense. And and at the end of the day, I, I think folks need to keep in mind that this cliche, but it's so true. It's an inexact science. Whether you're at the highest level in the NFL. Those guys get get it wrong. There's going to be somebody drafted in the top ten in May or whenever the draft is that's going to be absolutely terrible, not just a bust. He's going to be not worth the top ten draft pick, but he's still going to get picked there. Taylor Edwards and his guys here at South Carolina they they fight the same battle. They're trying to evaluate and use all the information they've got to to make the best evaluation, best decision on who they should recruit. They're not going to get them all right. They'll be the first to tell you that it's not per It's an exact science. They're not perfect. There's no way to be perfect. Same at Newberry. Same at the high school level, where where there are high schools that recruit players to come play for them. They're not. They're not always going to get the best ones. They're not always going to have the the best opinion. Um, and there are certainly other factors beyond just playing the actual game that that affect it all. So it's an inexact science, and and it's for twenty four seven. Um, this this rankings process for 2024 is is really just getting started and, and still uh, many many months from from being over. Hell, you mentioned uh, offers earlier. Does that influence some of this like 
off season movement, if you will, like an offer list or, you know, committable offers by certain schools on the rankings? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a part of it. I mean, Phil, if, if you've got all the best teams in the country saying Dylan Stewart is one of the best defensive ends in the country, not, if not the best, like he's our top guy. We not only do we have an offer to him, we think that highly of him. So you got to pay attention to that stuff. I mean, if, if Alabama, Georgia and whoever else, South Carolina or, or, that high on a guy, then well, you know, twenty four seven should be too. Rivals should be ESPN, whoever. So it's a factor. It's not the end all be all, but it's a part of it. And and I referenced Dylan Stewart because last summer he he's at South Carolina coming to camp, and his profile um, in terms of where he is at as a recruit is not not nearly what it is now. Um, again, those rankings back then for twenty twenty four were very very young very much in their infancy. But South Carolina thought he was the best defensive end in the country. Took some other teams to, to get caught up to that line of thinking, but here we are where he's, I think, number 13 according to 24-7. And, and again, one of the best defensive ends in the country. I'm not, I can't remember if he's number one at that position or not. But, but yeah, absolutely. So it's, it'd, be, it'd be dumb to just say, oh, no, we're, we, don't, we don't care about that stuff. Yeah, hey. The guys, the guys who who make these decisions, um, we're not going to let that help help us form our opinions. Okay, so let's let's play a let's play a game here. This is a opinion only, opinion only. Uh, okay, opinion only. <laughs> Josiah Thompson, would you, yes or no? Would you say South Carolina, in your opinion, leads for him currently? I've had a crystal ball for Josiah Thompson for more than two years to South Carolina. Yeah. So that was a, that was a and I've up, I've upped my confidence score once or twice <laughs> along the way. So yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Kelvin Hunter. Yes or no. Would does, that South Carolina is a leader in your opinion? I think we're coming up on two years for that crystal ball for Kelvin Hunter to South Carolina. Okay. Um, so yeah. Yep. Okay. In my opinion. Uh, yes. Another layup to you. Jonathan yeah. Paler, yes or no, in your opinion? Uh, I, as far as I know, yeah, that's he's he's been pretty pretty vocal about that and telling folks that. So unless something's changed within the um last week or so, yeah, I would say okay. so. Yeah, okay, and um and Blake Franks, same thing. Uh, okay. Got a crystal ball for him. Hadn't been quite as long as as the other two guys and state guys, but. Uh, but yeah, I think South Carolina. Am I missing anybody right now that you've got a crystal ball in for? Hale? Uh, I don't think so. I think okay. I think that's it. All right. So if, if if we're playing the game here, Carolina's got five commitments currently. Uh, if they landed all four of those, you know, June is June is a busy month for you. Clearly, uh, it's been mm-hmm. proven over the last couple couple of years. Shane Beamer does not let, allow anybody to sleep in the month of June. Uh, when it comes to camp and recruiting season. Uh, if South Carolina were to land all four of these young men before June, what would that tell you about this class? And it, this is really a spitball answer because everybody receives commitments across the country, but where do you think this class would be? I think it would be, this is for the folks who, who are loyal 
readers of the Big Spur message board. Berg Bob 76, I think is his name. It's a Berg Bob 76 gif of Ric Flair. That's that's my answer. That's my answer. Because that guy, that that particular user has been, uh, he's been all over, man. I, I don't know if he's more um, just just fan than anything. Maybe he, he's got some good lottery ball numbers to pick out or some good sweet 16 picks for me. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's, if, if all those guys get in the boat, you know, in the boat, I, I think you're you're talking about a class that's well on its way to being um, close to that top ten at the end of the road. Like at the end of the day, like by February, next February, obviously there will be other guys who commit, and other schools are going to be getting commits too. But but it, you know, it's number six right now, and if you if you get a whole bunch of those guys that you just listed off, JB, um, that that really firms it up, and, and it's going to go a long way to to uh, helping this recruiting class maybe, maybe be uh, the best best that South Carolina's had and according to these uh, these rankings that Ever. some folks hate and some folks uh, want to challenge every time they can. Well, as, but guys, you feel, <laughs> hell, you both know this, as long as Coach Beamer doesn't come out and say, well, yeah, I'll be around two, three more years maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> and with just that list, not accounting for any of the other schools, put you at the top three in the class calculator at twenty four seven. Right there, now. you go. Okay. Yeah, just okay. adding those guys. Yeah, so that's a, that would be a major impact. So from the Nana's award, excuse me, the award winning Nana's porch chat box, we do have a uh, listener uh, question here from Clint. Uh, your opinion on Peyton Lewis, and uh, who, who do you? Who do you think his leader may be right now? Uh, South Carolina or Tennessee. He seems to be pretty high on both those those two schools. He's got the official visit to South Carolina scheduled for June. I don't think he's got one for Tennessee quite yet, but I would have to imagine that he'll get one scheduled. And, and uh, I, I think, again, I think those are sort of the top two right now. I don't know who else is in that mix, but he's he's gotten a lot of offers here recently. And so I, I think we'll – have to keep an eye on where else he's able to visit. Uh, he's a track guy, so uh, he'll probably have a lot of busy weekends this spring, so it might limit what he's able to do visit-wise and getting out and see some other places. Um, he does want to get back to South Carolina if he can before that official visit, so I think that's a good sign too. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's at – th at this stage, it's, it's a little SEC East battle between South Carolina and Tennessee, and as we all know, that's uh, – that's a pretty common uh, recruiting battle for, for the Gamecocks. Salem, Salem, Virginia. That is the um, that is the uh, Roanoke area, I believe. And that is a – hold on. Roanoke? Yeah, yeah, that's the Roanoke area. That's a pretty big Virginia Tech area. They're not in the mix? Uh, I'm guessing they are. I don't, I don't know how serious he's considering them. Um, Virginia Tech's obviously struggled a little bit here lately on the field and in recruiting as well. They're, they're trying to get thing, things turned around with with that new staff there. And, um, you know, they, they just haven't, for whatever reason, been able to get a lot of traction going, uh, in particular in-state. Uh, I think that's been, been a little bit of an issue here recently for that program. And, again, probably a reason why they're – 
sort of where they're at right now. Yeah. Whew. Boy, you're right about that. All right, before we let you get out of here, you know, there are players on the current football team, Hale. They're in the middle of uh they're in the middle of this thing they call spring practice. And mm-hmm. I, I would I would venture a guess here, you're probably gonna fall right in line with with David Claudinger and many others. It, thus far, the biggest storyline is the news that the carry on joiner has been getting uh, a bunch of work at, at running back. He he seemingly um is excited about it. I, I think he's just kind of whatever whatever you need me to do, I'll do it as long as I can play. Um, you know, get your, get your quick thoughts on that and, and anything else maybe that just isn't getting as much publicity thus far that is, that has caught your attention here, uh, early on in camp. Yeah. So last week when I was, when I was on with you guys and talking about the first day of spring practice and I I joked about Donovan Westmoreland being at defensive end, I, I didn't see hand up. I, I didn't see Joyner with the running backs. At that point, I didn't know it was a thing until we get into the press conference and, and Beamer was asked about it and he starts talking about it. It's like, well, dang, I feel like like kind of a horse's patoot. I didn't I didn't see it. I didn't get a chance to talk with talk to you guys about that. And but, yeah, it's it's a big deal. And I, I can pat myself on the back a little bit, I guess, because it's one thing that that I thought a long time ago that if, if I wasn't. If I didn't have to carry on Joyner as my quarterback and I got to pick another position for him, I would I would see if, if he'd be willing to play running back. Mm-hmm. I had that take when he was a junior at Fort Dorchester. I felt really strongly about it. And when they started moving him around at South Carolina, wide receiver was a spot. I was like, you know, if they're going to try to use him kind of like Debo Samuel does for the 49ers where it's kind of a running back, I, okay, I can see it. But for whatever reason, it just didn't happen until now. And, and I, I think it's like like you guys have said, like like Dave said, like everybody's saying, it's it's a it's a cool storyline. It's it's probably the biggest one so far during spring practice. Um, whether or not it sticks, we'll see. I think Shane Beamer wants it to to work because they need help first and foremost at the position. Yeah, uh, they, they've got a pretty good group of of receivers. Um, whether it's Juice Wells or Xavier Leggett or Eddie Lewis or whoever else that I think they feel pretty good about what they've got at that that receiver group compared to to where they're at at running back uh, and and I I think maybe they're probably starting to think that that type of skill set is, is what fits the carry on Joiner's game. I mean he's he takes you know direct snaps as a quarterback and runs with them and granted it's a little different than you know, being a running back, a lot different than being a running back, but you, you kind of see what he's got running between the tackles and and, and being tough and, and willing to, you know, stick his head down and fight for extra yards. And those are elements of, of playing that position and, and something that uh, that I think could, could be of benefit uh, for him and for this offense moving forward. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. And I guess to, to put a bow on, on, on your question with my comments, I, Thought it was interesting that, that we we had our first unsolicited freshman mentioned by Shane Beamer yesterday. Marky Anderson was the guy who who he alluded to and and was asked a follow up question and, and had some positive things to say about him and Xavier McLeod, um, two guys that, that are still supposed to be in high school and, and they're linemen, so it's going to be hard for for any any lineman to to get on the field early. Um, but I, I think it's it's a good sign that, that we're starting to hear some good things about those two guys and, and what they could potentially 
add to this team, you know, further down the road as they continue to, to get older and develop and become better football players because they're really good. They are. Yeah. It, it is, it is neat to see those in-state guys stepping in and already being, being mentioned by head coach, uh, bussing with the boys roommate, <laughs> Shane Beamer, uh, which I, I didn't realize that you, next time we have him on, Phil, we, we just need to just MF everything and, <laughs> this guy, they, they just said whatever they wanted to say to Shane. He, he apparently didn't care a whole lot, uh, but it was it was a pretty good interview. So so was this one. Good stuff, Hale. As always, thank you so much. We know you got a lot to to do throughout the uh, throughout your work week, which seemingly never ends. So we'll continue to monitor thebigspur.com for that information. Appreciate it, bud. Thank you, boys. Always enjoy it. I'll be good. There you yeah, go. Thanks, Hale. Hale. Hale McGranahan, or Owen Hale McGranahan, I guess, mm-hmm. is uh, is what he goes by at the Big Spur. All right, it's a uh, it's eleven thirty, so we're way past due for a break. So we'll hit that, and we'll be right back on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back in, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with them to set up a no-obligation consultation as to potentially turning your backyard into an outdoor retreat. And, of course, Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate 
are ready for your call as well as sponsors of the first hour. 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy for all your upstate residential real estate needs. So, JD, are you, um, I know you're a Braves fan, but what do you think about Shohei Otani? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, I am like, I'm just enamored with it. I think he's, you know, one of the greatest to have ever probably played. I know that's, you know, on a sliding scale because of, you know, the way we take care of our bodies now and the training and, and stuff that goes into athletes these days. And it's hard to compare, you know, era over era, especially in baseball. Uh, mm. But, man, what <laughs> what a phenomenon. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 it is it's hard to put into words what what he's doing. I mean, I. I there's that you know some people will you know you say one of the best ever and and you're gonna get a bunch of pushback on that immediately because they go to the record book um and we don't know where he's going to be in the record book when it's all said and done but as far as what he when you say i i think about it differently when you say one of the best ever i look at it from a what is he capable of doing as a player yeah. And when you're capable of being a starting pitcher in the big leagues, being a closer in the World Baseball Classic, you know, hitting 330 plus home runs a year, you know, you've got lightning speed. Oh, by the way, when you when you you know, when you're on the mound, you're 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 hunting down 100 miles an hour every time you throw the baseball and your slider bites about 15 miles an hour less than that. I I I just I don't think I've seen anything like this before. I mean, we've had um, – well, so there's the kid who came uh, – he played for Coach Mack, and I talked to Coach Mack, uh, Dan McDonald at Louisville, about him a couple of years ago. Uh, nope. No, 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 no. Probably three years ago or four years ago. Uh, he was their first baseman. He was a pitcher. He's a first-rounder. His name has escaped me. Um, but he wasn't throwing 100. You know, he was in the mid mid nineties, which is still unbelievable. You got that kid down in Florida right now. Uh, Florida's I, his name's escaped me too. I wish you would. I wish we would have you know actually prepared for this. Yeah, we should have told about. Yeah, the, the kid down at Florida is playing for the Gators, uh, starting pitcher, uh, mid nineties, and then you know he hits in the middle of the lineup if he needs to, and he'll play the outfield or he can play first and DH. So you know, there's there are some guys. That are that are young in in America in Amer in American baseball, that um, that that show the same the same skill set. But we're talking about the big leagues here. You know, we're talking about the best players in the world. And I mean, it, it, it's hard. Like, if you, uh, how about this? Let's let me, let me turn the question around to anybody that would be willing to answer it. If you were going to start a major league baseball team today, they wipe the slate clean of any player that's on any team, and Nashville's getting a new franchise, and they say, "Okay, you get the first pick in the draft of of all current players in the big leagues. Anybody that's coming out of college or high school into the draft, who do you want it to be?" I mean, are you taking anybody but that guy? No. <laughs> Because <laughs> if you you're going offense, you go against with the guy you know that he was up up against in the bottom of the or the you know bottom of the inning last night against Trout, who I guess arguably is one of the best in the game right now. So I don't know. It was just interesting. Like you 
I don't think you pick anybody else. I mean, I, I think you'd be kind of foolish if you had your choice to not pick that guy up. And my oh. goodness, is he about to get paid? <laughs> oh, it's, it's yeah, it, it's 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 absolutely bonkers. And and I think just you know, coming from the baseball side of it, I mean, if you've played the game, uh, you'll understand what I'm saying. He ma- he makes it look so easy. It's mm-hmm. it, it it almost makes you sick to your stomach. I mean, that, that one that he threw before he struck out Trout last night, it was a ball. It was 102 in the dirt. Um, first of all, I've caught 95, and 95 is, you know, you're, you're, you're hoping and praying that, that <laughs> you're not having to get down and block many of those. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, 102, like, it looked like it, it came out of his hand, and he, he threw it so effortlessly that you would have thought it could have been at 90 or 91. Yeah, and I thought with that specific pitch, too, that it just shows his mental discipline because I think uh, – who was calling the game last night? Was it uh, – Well, Smoltz and – Smoltz, uh, yeah. yeah. Smoltz was like, I don't know if I don't go right back at him with that fastball. I'm like, you know, with the 2-2 count, I'm like, man, he's got a pitch to give. Just, you know, put one in the dirt. You know, get it out of the way. Throw it out of the strike zone, you know, because it's like you got one side. It was like, okay, how big are – you know, his, <laughs> you're going to yeah. throw it right back down the middle with a hundred miles an hour. I'm like, no, nah, you still got a pitch to give man. try to see if you can't get him to swing on one. That's bad. Uh, you know, trout enough plate discipline, not to swing at that dirty pitch, but man. Yeah. Right back, I mean, right back with it on that. What he got him on the slider, right too. I yeah. mean, oh, yeah. oh God, that and is it, a nasty pitch. And it literally breaks at his front hip. I mean, like it moves yeah. that much <laughs> it, over, over 24 inches of mm-hmm. of distance. I mean, it's it's nuts. I I disagree with you a little bit on that. I, I was with John, um, dude. You, you're throwing 100 miles an hour. Just throw it. Just throw it right down the pipe. I mean, just throw it yeah. right down the middle of the plate. If he hits it, so what? He hits. I it. was torn. Yeah, because yeah. in the moment, I'm like, yeah, give him another one. Just throw it right back down there. And then when he didn't, I'm like, you know, that was probably smart. I, yeah, <laughs> I, he still he, had that one to go. Yeah. One. I think I just think I think he tried to though, Phil. I, I just think he missed. I mean, he just. Yeah, you're he, right, though. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he he tried to throw it. I'm gonna throw this thing as hard as I can, and <laughs> it was one. And, he, and it was it was just, it was as hard as he could throw it. It was 102. <laughs> it was just in the dirt. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I you know, look, I wanted Trout to to take him deep because I wanted the U.S. to win it. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Same. I'm like this. This. Uh, it, you know. And it's like when he when Trout gets up to the plate. As much as I hate it with baseball today, I was like, this game. This game ends on a strikeout or a home run. <laughs> you know, well, right, right here. This is this at bat is Trout is either going to knock it, you know, clean into Fort Lauderdale, or <laughs> Otani's just going to wave him around. You know, Dude, just fan nuts. Mm-hmm. I I tell you what though the I got this last night. There's a um. There's a Twitter account that I follow. If any of you are baseball fans, it's a it's a great Twitter account. It's called Baseball History Nut at Nut underscore History, and uh, they tweeted this out last night. This is this is really crazy, man. Kyle Schwarber, the ball he hit last night, probably still. If it wasn't for the seats, it would have just it would have landed in Cuba. I mean, that ball was hammered. Uh, But Kyle Schwarber has now homered in the World Series. In the AL Championship Series, the NL Championship Series, the AL Division Series, the NL Division Series, the AL Wild Card Game, the NL Wild Card Game, 
the World Baseball Classic and the World Baseball Classic Championship. And every one I mean, of them went at least 500 feet. No, dude, you, you can't play <laughs> in bigger it, games than that. Like, if there, there's a, there's another, uh, hey, look, if you could have any hitter in the biggest game of the year, who do you want? I guess Schwarber because <laughs> you know, the ball leaves the yard every time he walks <laughs> out. Right. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't matter the stage either. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, that is an incredible stat to me. I mean, this guy is somebody I just saw, uh, BRC said, he got to watch Otani in person in Atlanta last summer. And he's one of those guys that you'll tell your kids and your grandkids about. Well, Kyle Schwarber is going to tell his grandkids about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different events on the largest stage in the whole world in the sport of baseball. Yeah, I went deep. I'd love to know who those were all against, too, because I know last night was against you, Darvish. Yeah. I'd like to go back and, and see who the uh, who was throwing to him. That's that would crazy. be interesting to know, but I'm uh, just yeah. I'm rewatching that home run right now. I mean, he, that thing was tagged. Yeah, it was. It was just absolutely <laughs> tattooed. Uh, switching gears a little bit here, and we we are certainly going to get to baseball. Carolina losing last night six to two. They did scrape a a late run across against Charlotte, but we do have Kip Botnight coming up in 20 minutes, so we're going to certainly hold a lot of that conversation for that. We. In that, I mentioned that busting with the boys interview with with Coach Beamer, and they asked him who he'd want to fight in the SEC. And I thought that was a really, 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 really funny question. Uh, and hats off to Shane for not ignoring it or sidestepping it, but also not like creating major chaos and controversy. But I, I am interested to 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 know who you think he was talking about or if maybe if it was multiple so we'll hit our final time out of hour one and when we return phil i know you've thought about it oh yeah i'd like, <laughs> I'd like to know who you thought that shane beamer said sure i'd like to fight this guy anybody that has a has a uh, an opinion on this is welcome to put it into the nanosports chat box i've got my uh my theory on it as well and we'll get more into that when we return from the Sinorama Studios on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um... Thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. 
Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline and picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. He's got some racial spurs, spurs, spurs. You ain't just a bird, bird, bird. You're top of the coop, star of the show. You're a rooster who's born a pro. Well, I bet you wonder when, when you win or lost a step or two. Fell down the and Welcome back in, everybody, to the Sinorama Studios. Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. John B. at expresssunrooms.com is the email address for you to reach out. Mention you heard it here, and of course, they will give you $500 off your project cost. And yeah, I mean... All right, so who they, is it? They hit it perfect, everybody. I got two. Eli Adrinkowitz <laughs> got the most punchable face in the SEC <laughs> for my money. <laughs> and then you got to go Stoops. You know, got to be got to be Stoops for the comment even still. Because, you know, it's like, got to be better than Kentucky. Got to be better in Missouri too, but yeah, I, I think those are the two: Drinkwitz and uh, and Stoops. All right. So on the Nana Sports chat box, Craig said Stoops or Drink. Clint said yeah. Drinkwitz. Big Wash Stoops and Drink came to mind. Uh, Gamecock Barbecue. That's our South Florence guy. He said yeah. Stoops mm-hmm. and uh, Napier. Caden said Drink. Tay SC says Stoops. Um. Big Wash said he can't seem to to beat Drink and Kirby. Well, nobody can beat Kirby right now, so let's, let's give right, a little yeah. give a little leeway <laughs> on that one. Since anybody has beat Kirby. The drink yeah. one, I'm I'm with you. I got it. Uh, but <laughs> um, Bill said I would pick bowl cut Eli Drink ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said he could take Pittman. I disagree. He ain't handling a country boy like Sam Pittman. Uh, I think Shane. Shane did mention, you know, he thought he could move a little quicker than, you know, maybe a little chat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's all remember this is all in fun. Um, KFC, I have no idea what you're talking about, but uh, if you could clarify, we'll we'll join you into this. Yeah. Gamecock fan said Stoop, uh, Mark Stoops. Anybody else? Anybody? Um, so I thought it was interesting 
that he he said when you go to these meetings, these SEC meetings, these coaches meetings and stuff like that, you uh everybody's got a lot of respect for each other, but you know, you're also kind of like, yeah, all right. You know, let me summarize here. You know, I don't give a crap what this guy's saying, or I, I don't want to hear you open your mouth because I don't like you. Right, right. <laughs> um, which I always wondered, like, how many times Coach Spurrier, back in the day, Coach Spurrier, would go to these meetings and people are like, oh, God, this guy. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think Shane takes things personally. And I don't think he takes it personally in a way of like that's petty. I think he that now hear me out because somebody's going to hear this and go, oh no. I think he's got a little bit of that coach Dabo Sweeney in him mm. where he's able to funnel that through his team. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, look, for a long time, you know, I, I'm not saying like he's, he, he, he's, so, like, back in – remember when – does everybody remember the five-minute Dabo rant where he got personal about the university? And, you know, we're all like, look, man, you can say whatever you want about football, but, like, we've all spent our hard-earned money to get degrees from the University of South Carolina. Clemson fans to this day just laugh it off and, oh, gosh, you can't let it go. I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of insulting to have the head coach of your rival, who just, by the way, been beaten for the third year in a row, sit on a park bench and, and basically degrade everybody that's ever, you know – attended school at South Carolina like that was petty and immature in the whole nine yards um but coach Beamer is able to take little things and kind of filter that through his team and, and to get them to play better right mm -hmm. so I I seem to think that I seem to think that he he doesn't probably care for either one of them that's just my opinion um I I seem to think that he probably has a little bit more uh, what do you think? What do you, what's the word, Phil? Angst or animus? Anim <laughs> animosity towards uh towards Mark Stoops. Um, but I also think I think he'd probably tell you like, you know, the the guy at Missouri. You know, it's just that get under your skin type of, you know. You know what yeah. I'm trying to say here? And oh, then yeah, yeah. when you lose to him, it makes it even worse, like in your own mind. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no. yeah. That's the thing I think is like you got one that you got one I think you'd go after just because you haven't been able to do it on the field yet. That yeah. and and hey. he just he just uh, uh, and I don't know. I just I'm not a big drink fan. <laughs> and yeah. then the other one is because he's mouthy and you know <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a little too big for his bridge, a little too comfortable up there in the bluegrass. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, man. I mean, like, and now we've got, so like, you know, the Jimbo Fisher has been brought into this as well by a couple of people. Uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris Bone uh, says uh, in the Nana Sports chat box, Dabo, little weenie, Sweeney. That was a, uh, that was a, that was a, uh, of course, anybody wondering what he's talking about. If you haven't seen the actual interview, uh, they 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 made up a question and asked Shane Beamer, "Is it true that he called uh, Dabo Dabo Little Weenie Sweeney?" Which is not true. Uh, but that was a great question. And it was very funny. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> and uh, I think it was uh, Luan that asked that, right? Yeah, and, I think uh, I think it was. 
is is it not full circle by the way that Taylor Luan after giving up the biggest hit in the history of college football right, right. Is back in our building uh throwing shade at his tight end and <laughs> not taking any blame that's right no it wasn't my fault <laughs> uh, he's like uh i mean hats off to him for for wearing it like a champ though Oh yeah! Um, I, and listen, if there wasn't a TV with that playing somewhere at random while he was in the facility, then we dropped the ball. Yeah. Well, there's a big, <laughs> there's a big photo of that in the building. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, no, I you got to watch the whole thing play out. You got, you got to <laughs> yeah. watch and just get whiffed. <laughs> have you, have you ever, um, have you ever been in the, uh, the operations building? No, I have not. I have not. So, so when you walk in the building, there's, um. There's this enormous, enormous, I don't even know, it's not a TV, it's a billboard, but it's like, it's, it's, um, it's, it's vertical, it's huge, mm. and uh, they can, they can put anything they want up there, you know, welcome home, or welcome, you know, Steve Spurrier, you know, wh- whoever's walking in, the, they can do it for any player and their family, put photos and videos up there, like, you're right, if they missed an opportunity to play that video as Luan and those guys were walking in, you know, so, someone's that that should be at the top of Coach Tanner's list. Like, forget all this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, wait That's a second. Right. That's right. Welcome. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome home, Taylor Lewan. Remember what happened <laughs> last time you saw us? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And he, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I like it because uh, he's got a great personality and he's really, you know, just. You know, just one of the guys. I think it's it's interesting to see how you know when they get out of the NFL because you know some guys take themselves so seriously and you wouldn't be able to poke fun and things like that because they'd get all up in their feelings. But yeah, no, he seems to be genuine guy. It's kind of self deprecating anyway, so I think he would have he would have received it well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I I think he would have. Uh, and uh, and good point there, by the way, uh, from uh, JC that uh, Will Compton. I might have called him Jacob a minute ago, thinking of Jacob Compton, who plays for baseball for the Gamecocks. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, that he uh, played at um, at Nebraska when when Carolina beat him in the uh, Capital One Bowl. I was down there for that game. That was Nebraska has great fans. Can I just give them a quick tip of the cap? They have great yeah, fans, no doubt. Long suffering fan base. I hope uh, I hope Nebraska well, does good things. Well, now hold on. Now <laughs> this is a newly suffering fan base they should, they weren't suffering in the 90s and the 80s no nah, no i mean you know that's you gotta remember jb it's not 10 years ago the 90s anymore that's been 30 that's 30 years ago yeah, yeah, that's, a that's um, there's a whole generation of husker fans that sit in that stadium that still pack that stadium out every saturday yeah to watch them lose yeah. miserably. well i mean people talk about the best fan base in college sports and this uh that and the other and i think you could split it up by sport to be honest with you because i think yeah. the best fan base in college basketball is at kentucky um but the best fan base in college football it's hard to argue with nebraska i mean they're there every week there's never a seat left in the dang building uh see a red yeah <laughs> So I all right yeah so I I think I agree with most everybody here I I really think that our South Forest guy per sources JB calls Shane Beamer another demo that's right I'm sure that'll make it out there too <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no message board that keyboard yeah, warriors yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dante Reno going to be the top quarterback in the class by the timing signs Shane Beamer's Dabo Sweeney 
in a part tree and a pear tree. Part <laughs> partridge in right. a pear tree. Um, yeah, I, I I think Shane has. I I would be. I would love to get every. I, I hope they do it. I hope these guys grow this thing bigger, and yeah. get ask every coach the same thing. Like, what do you think? What do you think Saban's answer would be, Jimbo? But they're friends. I mean, they they used to be friends at least. Yeah, I would think maybe that or. Oh, I don't know. I think Jim. I think I think Saban's well, answer. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think Saban's answer kind of ebbs and flows and goes back and forth between, like the one constant there is probably Lane Kiffin. So quit asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I think and then it I probably think... goes back and forth, maybe, you know, a little uh oh uh little Kelly, little Jimbo, you know, but Lane's always kind of like in the lead. Ah man, I don't know. I think that Lane I, I stand by this. I stand by I know we gotta get a break. But I stand I stand by this. Remember last year uh, before Hugh Freeze got the Auburn job, job and Lane's name was all over it? Mm-hmm. And I just kept saying and saying and saying and saying. This is like one of those very rare, okay, I'm going to pat myself on the back. And, but I can't really do it unless it actually happens. I There was nothing inside of me that thought Lane Kiffin was going to end up at Auburn. Zip, nothing. No. This dude has played the game. He knows how to play the game. Everything inside of me says he knows – that outside of money, nobody's right. going to want the pressure of following Nick Saban. No, at Alabama, the guy. Okay. You know, yeah. Right. Nobody wants to be the dude to follow the dude. We've seen what happens to the dude that follows the dude. Lane Kiffin is the one guy that can follow the dude at Alabama. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about anything. Yeah. And I, I, I think that he did what he needed to do. More money, contract, whole nine yards. I'm going to stay here at Ole Miss and keep doing my thing. One day when Saban's gone, that's my gig. I want that gig. And Alabama, quite frankly, would probably be silly to not hire him. Yeah. He can handle it. He can handle it. That's right. But does he get the job before or after Debo? Uh, (laughs) Whose ego is big enough to be like, I got this, Nick. Yeah. I got it. I can. I can take the reins. <laughs> I think. I think it's absolutely Lane Kiffin over over Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, you may be right. You may be right because he's, right, he's, he's, you know, he just doesn't care. Even though he's, yeah, no, uh, and he's moderated himself, you know, a little bit, which is interesting. Shows a little bit of maturity, but uh, there's still that probably inside of him. Yeah, that would yeah be like I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> 1201, we got to go to break. Kip Bot Night is up next, so stop asking. All right? All right? All right? We'll be right back. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. 
Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the Lowcountry. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hot skillet with a little oil. That's right, everybody. Welcome back. The show is going on. Second hour of Inside the Gamecocks. The show presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662, to talk about how they can get some more sunshine into your life this summer. And, of course, we're live from the virtual Sinorama Columbia Studios. Thanks so much to Sinorama. Take a look around any of the facilities around Gamecock Athletics. If you're impressed by any of that work, it is our friends at Sinorama, Gamecock owned and operated. So give them a call for all your signage needs. Yeah. They do car wraps too, don't they? Don't they? Yeah, they do. They do stuff. That's interesting. I was looking at that. They do <laughs> absolutely everything. In fact, Better we might need to call them for looking something ahead. Big. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We might yeah. need to get in touch with them. I think we will. Mm-hmm. I'll, uh, we'll be on the horn with Matt Vaughn in no time. Not the Matt Vaughn that pitched at Clemson, by the way. The Matt Vaughn who went to the University of South Carolina. Although the Matt Vaughn that went the, that pitched at Clemson is a very good guy. And uh, to this day, I haven't seen him in a while, but every time I do, I remind him how far the ball that smoke hit off of him in Clemson went. It literally created a tsunami in the lake the other side. <laughs> it is. Hammered. Hats off to Craig. Catfish, collards, corn on the cob, and salad for lunch. I don't know how you're doing it. If I ate that for lunch, I would be immediately putting myself to bed. I can't eat big lunches. Um, but I do. I have a. Uh, I'm really, I'm really picky on the catfish, man. Like it's mm. if you're gonna give me catfish, it better be good. If it ain't good, I'm gonna know the first bite, and I'm not gonna like it. So, and a lot of the farm raised catfish isn't good. You can taste it. Yeah. So, there is a place. Have you ever been to Tuscaloosa, Phil? No, I have not. I have not. There's a place on the other, in Tuscaloosa, you go through the downtown area where all the college kids hang out, and you go into Northport, 
go over a little, just a tiny little bridge. You go into Northport, Alabama, uh, and there's a place over there called the City Cafe. And I ate there the first time in uh, 2004. 2004, uh, Carolina went down and beat them. Alabama 20-3 to was the final score that night in Coach Holtz's last season. And um, we ate lunch there. I think it was that Friday. Yeah, the day before the game. Best catfish I've ever had in my life. I literally cannot explain to you how – I don't even know how to explain it because some of it is deep fried, mm-hmm. which is over fried. Yeah. Uh, some of the, the the some of what they fry it in, some people, the cornmeal, stuff, it just sucks. Mm-hmm. And then this, I have no idea what was in it. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> all I know is I ordered catfish and this whole meal with mac and cheese and green beans and all this stuff. And afterwards, I ordered more catfish so I could take it with me. It was that good. <laughs> nice. So, I love catfish. There's nothing like a good catfish dinner. Mm. Yeah, you got that right. Jan says Taylor's. I've heard this before. Jan, somebody else has told me that. Taylor's Grocery in Mississippi has the best catfish not far outside of Oxford. I, it's got to be. I've got a friend that I grew up with. She went to Ole Miss, married a guy uh, who went to Ole Miss. And I want to say that they have mentioned that name to me before because I was supposed to go down there for the game in 2018 and I couldn't go. And I remember them saying, I think that was when they were saying something about that. Mm-hmm. We don't have Kip yet, do we? No, Kip is not in. Okay. But we got a check in from Lance. Good to see you. Well, check Lance. <laughs> Hope everything's all right. <laughs> oh, Lance. I was thinking about you last night, Lance. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you know, that's that is. I need to start putting that in our show notes. Let's check on Lance before we get to about eleven thirty, and make sure that <laughs> all is good. It's all good. <laughs> Lance, send a, send somebody your address and cell number. So if we can't get a hold of you by about noon, uh, we can send somebody to the house for a uh, what, what is it? A well check for a well check, wellness check. Yeah. <laughs> Sad lattes last night. Yeah, no doubt, Lance. They were a little sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a tough night. Yeah, it was. Look, Carolina. It was. It was just one of those strange nights, and uh, Kip should Baseball. be in it any minute here, and um, we'll certainly get his opinion on on uh, the you know overall the game itself. Eli Jerzenbeck, um, the guy, the guy behind the plate wasn't very good. I'm not one of these blame it on the umpire guys. Uh, he just he wasn't good. Um, but you know the other guys they had they had to hit too, right? And and so you know that's kind of kind of what it is. But um, at the top of the program, somebody mentioned Phil. Uh, you know the record in Charlotte and what it's been. You know I can't I don't know what it's been the last five years, but I mean last year we were two and zero there. We played one up there in 21, and I think we got beaten that game. Oh, I think that was by North Carolina. And then we we didn't play there in 20 because the season got shortened, but we were 2-0 and up there in 19. So they were 4-1 in their last five games mm-hmm. with wins over North Carolina and NC State. Shoot, last year Carolina didn't make the tournament. North Carolina was really good, and they went up there and beat them. So, I mean. Yeah, I think we got a redemption game in Charlotte coming up, you know, couple weeks right aren't we playing north carolina back in truist field yeah next next uh or not next week um two weeks and two t- yeah two weeks from yeah. to uh, yesterday two weeks from yesterday mm-hmm. 
because they've got yeah the midweek games right now like this is where they need to be careful yeah because they did get beat last night they'll be home this week and then next weekend they're down here they're play, or next uh tuesday down here playing the citadel and um and then they'll go back to charlotte for the for the north carolina game and then i think that's it i think the rest of their midweeks from here from there no that's not true they got to go to rock hill on may 3rd to play winthrop I'm pulled up. Let me make sure I'm right. Here's the good news: they will get Charlotte again later in the season at Founders Park, so they can, you know, yeah, make up for that one when they get back to the they can, they get back to the house. Yeah, they can, they can, they can do what they need to do uh, in, in that game. Jan says Bradwell's Braswell's error didn't help either. It didn't. Well, I mean, that really kind of started that train wreck of an inning. Yeah, it was. You know, um, that's really what got it going, but. You know, and I'm sure that uh, again we're expecting Kip here in, in any any minute now. Yeah, um, when he gets in, yeah, he's just taking the we, sweet time. Yeah, I hope you didn't forget. Big time in us. But um, the what happened? What, what happened? I had a a pitching coach text me this morning about Jerzenbeck last night. And he, and he made a really, really interesting point, um, which was, you know, he's, 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 you know, scuffled some. And last night was his, I think, biggest scuffle of the year. So there's two points to be made on this. This is what this guy said. He said he's probably never struggled like this in his career ever. Mm-hmm. Like at the high school level or anything like that, he's always been, you know, the best player on the field. And so you got to figure out how to – deal with that to that point you know mark kingston after the game hit the nail on the head he said it was how he was dealing with it or yeah. how he wasn't dealing with it you know it's you're you're gonna have your moments you're, you, you know you're, you you just have to you got to be able to limit the damage and and it, it felt like in watching the game uh he's already herky-jerky so you know you gotta you have to take some of the way that he carries himself on the mound with a grain of salt, because that's just kind of how he is. He dances around and prances around and does does his thing. Uh, but it just it did appear that mentally he he was not connected to the moment. Yeah, um, he was frustrated by uh, he 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 didn't get some calls that he probably thought he should get. Um, and probably frustrated with the fact that Braswell, you know, he got a routine ground ball and Braswell airmailed it over there and he kind of felt like this is ridiculous this inning should have been over multiple times and it's it's not as we all know though you like you you can't it's over like that's over that's 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 the that's why baseball is so hard that's the point like you you have to focus now like you can't worry about what just happened there's nothing you could do to go back and get it I mean, you can't just say, oh, I tell you what, you know, it's not like a video game where you just, you know, just unplug the game and start over. Like you, you have to just continue to figure it out. Um, and so I'll be interested to see moving forward, you know, some coaches, uh, when, when you have an outing like that, they, they're in a hurry to get you back out there. So you're not thinking about it anymore, right? They want to get you back on the mound and, and at least try to, to get a, a, a good appearance under your belt, whether it's even just for a hitter or two, you know, give them an inning or two, whatever it is. I don't know. You know, it could be anything. Some coaches 
Uh, and, and there has to be a special moment. Like, I'm not sure, like, if they're up three to two in the ninth inning on Friday night, I'm not sure that you're going to see Eli Jerzenbeck come out to close the game. But yeah. then also some coaches are going to be, you know, a little bit wary of like, hey, look, I know we're up four or five runs here, but I just don't I, – I don't know if I can trust him right now. So I'll be interested to see how they how they handle him here in the immediate future. Uh, and if we can get Kip in here anytime, uh, I'll certainly ask him that question and how he would handle uh, a young man like that who went through what he did. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he, he – his his outing was limited enough for him to actually be used this weekend. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, just yeah, you know, obviously in a relief role, but you know, yeah, hopefully you yeah. won't need to consider it. <laughs> no, six, you know, sixty pitches. Um, I mean, I he could absolutely be available on Friday. You know, will will they will they need him? Will they choose to use him? I don't know. But he's but th- this weekend certainly yeah he's he's good to go he, he'll be and you'll see him this weekend okay, um, yeah. he he's gonna pitch at some point in time this weekend but um, yeah certainly not the outing that that you would hope that he would have kind of almost returning home two and two thirds five hits four runs uh, or five hits five runs four of them are earned a couple of walks and four strikeouts in those sixty pitches and then you know after that. Everything was pretty settled down. Eli Jones was pretty good. He got out of a big jam, and but they just, it, you know, they struck out a lot last night. It was, it was kind of the, and this has been going on for years, especially when you face mid nineties all the time. You know, you get these soft throwing, crafty lefties out there, and I mean, let me pull the numbers. 91, Phil, 91, 138, minus 9, 127. So, 174 pitches were thrown last night by Charlotte pitchers. I I, I would – I'd venture a guess that about 120 of those were off speed. I mean, it was it was insane. I mean, they, yeah, they... It did not. It, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of fastball hurling last night. I mean, Cotton Kingston said it too. He was like, you know, it happens like this when you face the soft throwing left-handers. It's just, yeah, because you're not accustomed to seeing that. It put the, all the timing is wrong, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, and look, you know, to to you know to to eliminate you know, hearing that as an excuse, because it's not, and that's not what Coach Kingston was saying, but, Mm-mm. you know, some people hear, well, you got to hit, you got to hit those guys too. Well, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you absolutely have to hit those guys too. I coached a team one time. We beat one of the best teams in the country uh, out of East Cobb, and the coach made a comment to me afterwards. He said, that wasn't baseball. And I said, well, last I checked, you got to hit soft throwing lefties too. That's the reason I threw them, you know, <laughs> because their dudes were used to hitting 90, basically. So, you know, this is this has been, you know, 10 more longer than that 13 years ago, 14 years ago. But um but it's true at every level and and that's just part of pitching and part of being a pitching coach, you know, understanding what guys do and don't do well. Um, you know, for the most part this year Carolina has handled dudes who throw a little bit softer well, but they've also been seeing it a lot a lot harder and it was just one of those it was just a strange night. It was just an off night and and they lost that game. So there's their uh, there's a midweek loss for South Carolina. Uh, you're you're usually gonna give give 
the best teams in the country some leniency on the fact that you might get one or two of those a year, but you don't want to make it a habit. And that's that's been really the issue with South Carolina for the last couple of years is losing or last few years losing more midweek games than you should. So let's um let's hope that they don't do that again. But um no. Nonetheless, it's uh it's not really a Charlotte thing. They they have had plenty of success in Charlotte over the last couple of years. It just wasn't to be had last night. All right, so it's twelve eighteen here. Uh, still uh, kind of waiting to, to to figure out where um, wh- what has uh, hung Kip Baltnight up, but we are certainly anticipating having him pretty much any minute. Uh, we will hit a timeout, and we will hopefully get him when we return. We do have some other things to get into, of course. Um, Want to remind you all about a golf tournament that is. Coming up here called the Plunder on Polly's, and you can head to TravelingCountryClub.com. They are one of our great partners here, TravelingCountryClub.com. They've let me in the club even. What's neat about this is you could be a great golfer, an average golfer, or a terrible golfer, and there's courses in there for everybody. There's over 40 of them in the Carolinas. Waynesville, North Carolina, soon to be Mount Mitchell, North Carolina. That's going to be a sweet, sweet course to be a part of this thing. You'll be able to play it for like $25. It's crazy. Charlotte area, Columbia area, Greenville area, Myrtle Beach area, the Low Country, the Hilton Head area, the Charleston area. How about Santee? If you're in, if you're in the state, Santee's a great spot to go play golf. It's uh, very inexpensive to stay there, to stay on the lake. The courses are neat. Uh, you can play two or three of them. They're all just kind of in the same little area. They're part of this as well. They've got three courses. I think Lake Marion's one of them, Santee National. Make sure you head to TravelingCountryClub.com. Just trust me. Just check out the website, TravelingCountryClub.com. Tell your friends. They sign up new members every single day. It's not an exaggeration. It's very true. I, I check in often to see what the numbers are. This thing's exploding. They're adding new members and then they've got this great um, – or they're adding new courses, and they've got this great tournament coming up called the Plunder on Polly's. I'll share it on my social media. You can head to TravelingCountryClub.com, uh, but it's going to be up in the Merle's Inlet area uh, in July, July 21st and 22nd, right before SEC Media Days. They'll play a, a round on a Saturday. I think that's at True Blue Golf Club, and the next day at Caledonia. Those are two exceptional courses. So if you love golf – this is where you want to go. This is who you want to be a member, uh, carry a membership with, travelingcountryclub.com. So we'll hit a timeout. We've got about 40 minutes left here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. 
nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Fresh and All-American, Nicky McGuire of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I was looking for something and couldn't find it in time, so we're back. So a couple of things, and, and Clint's exactly right. Other people have hit him. Talk about the pitcher at Charlotte. Yeah. CRA was overnight. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, no excuse would be made. It, it was just just wasn't there night. I, it's just, that's just baseball. Uh, Craig said, I see Stono Ferry is on the list. Go see Scott. So there's some news there. Um, so Scott Glaze is who Craig is uh, referencing. He's talking about TravelingCountryClub.com. Uh, Scott is no longer at Stono Ferry. Um, uh, Craig used to listen to JB and Goldwater. Um, I, so I used to have him on, on our show every week to talk golf. He was the golf pro out there. And um, when I was at ESPN, he used to have him on our show every week there too. He is um, – he is at the uh, the new oh gosh the new golf uh, club in um, Ridgeland that held the PGA Tour event last year. Um, help that. help me out, Craig. You know what I'm talking about here. In uh, down in Ridgeland, they hosted the the PGA event last year. What's the name of it? I can't remember the name of it now. But he is the assistant golf pro down there now. And, you know, their plan is to continue to – Congaree. Thank you, Meredith. Uh, Congaree uh, Golf Club. And so their plan is to continue to bring major PGA events to uh, to Congaree. So he's actually I – don't know, I don't know if you call it moving up in the world or, or what. But um, we'll put it this way. I mean, he's going to have a chance to be involved in some, some major, major stuff uh, with, the, with the PGA. So – we're excited to see what's going to happen with Scott Glaze, but Stono Ferry is on the list, and it is, uh, dude. It's, I mean, I play Stono Ferry. Smoke plays out there every day, so if you if you ever go, you might you might run into a former big leaguer. How was uh, Waynesville when you were up there? You know, I didn't get a chance to play it. Oh, um, no. dude, it was just cold, mm. and and fairly windy and there was a little bit of 
it was hit or miss rain in the um in the forecast and i had no desire to go play in 40 degree weather with wind and a little bit of rain <laughs> no, no not when a month from now it's going to be you know 70 plus degrees and and you'll be back up there i'm sure <laughs> yeah so, like i'm gonna be up there more you know i yeah i can kind of kind of play whenever i want so that's what i'll do <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, I was really excited about it and it, and it just it just it just didn't work out. It just yeah. didn't work out. So I um dude, I've been monitoring these these uh these draft boards pretty pretty consistently for I don't know, maybe a, maybe a month or so, Phil, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Cam Smith is not in any of them anymore when it comes to the first round. I mean, there isn't one. I haven't seen, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe somebody else has seen one. But Cam Smith has not been on any first round draft board that I've seen in a month. On top of that, like for instance, at CBS, with the Panthers, everybody has the Panthers taking a quarterback. But the kicker is one says Bryce Young, one says C.J. Stroud, one says Will Levis, one says Bryce Young, one says C.J. Stroud, one says Lil. They all think, everybody thinks that the Panthers are taking a quarterback. I'm pretty sure that's not far-fetched. But nobody really knows whether who it's going to be of those three. No. I That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. There is literally zero consensus on this. No, uh uh-uh. Who do you think who do you who would you take? You're the general you're the GM of Bryce Young. Carolina Panthers. You take Bryce Young, really? Yeah, I like Bryce Young. I, I you know, just being a quarterback at Alabama just does a lot for me. Um, yeah. I, I I I would take Bryce Young. I I I don't know. I mean, I, I can see I know there's a lot of people that are down on Levis, but I can definitely I think he's gonna be a guy that you're going to look up in a couple of years. Again, who am I? I'm not. I'm not some draft expert, but I do think you'll look at him in a couple of years, and people are going to be like, "Man, this guy's having a nice career." Um, I don't know that you could go wrong with C.J. Stroud either. Um, yeah, that's my. But that would be who I would pick. That would be who I'd pick. Just, I think, I think the 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 body of work there, you could condense it all into what he did against Georgia, and make an argument that hey. This guy can can do it at the top level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to think about the Panthers, man. I mean. I know. <laughs> I mean, they're signing a lot of good players, but, you know, you got Thomas Brown is named the OC. I'm not sure what direction he's going in. He's going to be a head coach, by the way, probably sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, he, he's already interviewed for head coaching jobs. So, um, so you got a new offensive coordinator that doesn't have a ton of experience calling plays in the league. And then, I mean, but all, all three of those guys, like, is it, what, what, what separates them from a skill set standpoint? I mean, I'm not talking about necessarily like high, like I see, uh, I think Clint said young sky size would scare him a little, maybe, um, I mean, I think some of that's going away in the NFL a little bit, but but I certainly understand it. Um, from a skill set, I mean, is one of them like blazing 
faster than the other? I, I, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, if you're looking at raw talent, apparently, you know, Anthony Richardson has kind of moved to the top of the pack there. Uh, but I don't know. I just think, well, you know, it's got to be hand size. That's what it is, JB. It's, it's their. Oh, it's hand size. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's the size of their hands. So in a year where a lot the 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 um the narrative seems to be that the 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 quarterback draft class is down we could see the top 4 picks in the draft be quarterbacks right <laughs> or at least four of the top 5 or four of the top 6 i mean you got will anderson who i i'm just going to be fairly surprised if he slips much lower than five or six i don't think he will right so you're you're talking about it would have to be somebody that would trade up to take a quarterback if they don't then will anderson or at this point in time seems likely maybe headed to arizona maybe at three and then you're mm -hmm. talking about another couple of quarterbacks come off the board i don't think this is i mean in from a from a depth state all right so how would you rate it from a depth standpoint but and then from a talent standpoint, I don't think it's that deep. But like headlined by those four guys from a talent standpoint, how would you rate the quarterback class? Uh, you know, I, I mean it's good, but I you know not not as impressive as some other classes we've seen come out. Uh, I'm trying to think of one in particular, like. I, it's yeah, I know. It's a strange, it's a strange QB class, man. It really is because you don't have. I mean, you've got one like prototypical guy, right? Will Levis, I think, fits that. You know what we consider air quotes prototypical. Yeah. Um, and then everybody else is a little different. Bryce Young appears to be kind of how the quarterback is moving the direction that quarterback is moving in the NFL, uh, more athletic. Like, you know, you think what hurts fields, you know, that type of guy. Um, I don't know. Stroud still a bigger guy. Got some of the measurables that Levis does, but is more athletic. And then, and then you just got the raw lump of clay with Anthony Richardson. Beyond that, here's the thing is like, this is one of those classes, JB, where we could look back five, six, seven years from now, and a guy that got taken in the fourth round, it would not surprise me, is still starting in the NFL. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that just got to sit behind and, and you know, learn uh, as opposed to, because there's going to be an incredible amount of pressure, I think, put on these first four quarterbacks off the board to start as soon as possible. And, yeah. you know, th that you throw a dart as to how long their career is going to be at that point. Yeah, I agree. I, you know what there's, I mean, we, everybody's conversation is centering around the top four guys. I, I would say this, of those top four guys, the last one I'd take, I, I just still am not, there's, I'm not sold in any way, shape, or form on on Anthony Richardson. I'm no. also not an NFL general manager. I'm not a scout. I am totally unqualified to even say anything like that. I know there's a lot of people out there that feel like they are qualified, just from a, having the conversation type feeling. Um, I think the one guy of those four that is actually 
that's that's going to be the surprise of the draft. And I don't know if that means he goes number one. I'm talking about as high as he goes. I think it's going to be Will Levis because of what you said just a minute ago. He he fits he he fits that everything that you want in a quarterback. It's whether whether that, your hands yeah, up. Yeah, that's still the mold. Yeah, you know, it was like they still want that guy. Yeah. I think the off the radar dude that I'll be looking for, and I, I know look, Hendon, Hendon Hooker is certainly a guy that I think has a chance to be really, really, really good uh in the NFL. And I think there'd be much more conversation surrounding him had he not gone down in the Carolina game. I think there'd be a lot of conversation surrounding him, as a matter of fact. Um, there's a there's a kid from Stanford, uh, Tanner Mackey, or McKee. I can't remember exactly how you pronounce it, but he's like 6'6". I don't know if anybody's actually ever seen him really throw it because we don't watch a ton of Stanford football over this way. But he's like 6'6". He's like 230 pounds, I think it is. And guess what, my friends? He runs the 40 in the exact same time that C.J. Stroud runs it, which is like 4.75, okay? That's one of those guys, like, we. who did we just see? The kid from Iowa State? And you're like, who's why, this kid? Oh, was Purdy. Yeah, Purdy. <laughs> and you're like, who's this kid, and where did he come from, and why is he here? Well, I mean, I remember him at Iowa State. I mean, it's just last year. Mm-hmm. But – but, you know, for those that, you know, there's a lot of NFL fans, Phil, that aren't college football fans. They just they just like the NFL. No. But we're college football fans. So, like, when we watch the NFL, we're watching the NFL going, I remember watching that guy play in college because we watch college football. Right. And so, like, you get a lot of the common NFL fans that are looking at these kids and going, who the hell is this guy? And where'd he come from? Um the kid from Stanford is a dude that you're going to probably – he's going to go. I don't know where he goes. But he's going to be a guy who gets drafted, and he's going to be behind somebody. But he's got everything you want in a quarterback. 6'6", 230, throws it well, can throw it down the field. 4'7", runs it well. Um, and he's going to fit into an organization somewhere, and you're going to look up in a couple of years, he's going to throw him for like 4,000 yards and like 35 <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah. You're like – this guy wasn't even on the draft board. Well, yeah, he was. He went, you know, early second round to Green Bay or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that. I, I feel that way about this class. You know, it was like somebody like him or you know Jake Hayner or something like that is just going to get in there and and learn and develop behind somebody else with a with a quarterback guru, and then come out of this thing looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Blind Squirrel, and I know he's a dog, says we're not going to talk about. <laughs> So we're not talking about Stetson Bennett. Dude, I'm actually one of the – probably one of the few people out there that, that really actually thinks Stetson Bennett is going to can actually have some type of a career in the NFL. I mean, dude's a winner. I mean, you know, there's a lot to be said for that, I think. Like, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> there, I agree with you. Like, if he goes to a team that's surrounded with talent, he's going to be fine. I don't know – like, I really, and I say this very respectfully, I don't know that Stetson Bennett is a guy that you can put, like, for instance, he, I mean, the Panthers traded up, but I mean, like, um, you know, the Put Texans, him in uh, Houston. That's what I was yeah, going yeah. Put him in Houston. Like, Not going to do well. He killed over there. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like he, somebody's going to hit that dude, and it'll be like Clowney 2.0, except his head will actually still be in the helmet. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> so you you got if you put him on it, like if you draft a guy like Stetson Bennett, like you're probably a really good organization, and you've got a bunch of talent, and you're thinking I'm going to be able to steal a quarterback for a few years by you know drafting this kid. You know he's he'll be like at least for the first little while, like Charlie Whitehurst. Like, Charlie Whitehurst had the best job in America for a long time. He was a third-string quarterback who rarely had to play. <laughs> Even when the first string went down, they'd go sign somebody. You know, it's like, right. go, go try to play. Well. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You just hold on to that clipboard, buddy. <laughs> yeah. but, like, but I say this totally respectfully because Michael Flint and I have had a thousand conversations about Charlie Whitehurst. Like Charlie Whitehurst, dude, he he'd he'd run in there, he'd throw a couple balls around, or he'd have to finish the game because dude goes down and oh crap, we don't have another quarterback. Whitehurst, yes sir. <laughs> okay, so he runs in, and then the next day, so and so signs John Smith, and you're like, who the f is John Smith? You know, I don't know. <laughs> Coach, I'm telling you, I can play. No, man, you're you're a lot better off over there. You know? <laughs> so, like, yes, that's a better, yeah. It could be like Chad Henney, you know. It was like he just you know journeyman backup or third string, go all over the you know league, and then next thing you know, he's on a contender and has to come in because the starter gets hurt, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot he was still playing. Yeah, <laughs> Charlie Whitehurst. <laughs> Charlie White. Yeah, that's it. Guys in the league. Matter of fact. Let's Google him here, Phil. Just because we're now that we're oh man, that hair is just yeah, yeah. Wow. That is something. <laughs> man, that is something, isn't it? So uh well now that can't be. <laughs> Hold on, let's see, let's see, let's see. Charlie. But he Warren. he was on and in a so it's got him for playing. I know he was on the roster, but it okay. So it's only logging stats. So 06, and then he, he didn't throw a pass again until 2010. And then he, which was, uh, he threw 99 in 2010. Um, he played in two games in 2006, but he didn't attempt to pass. He threw 56 of them in uh, 2011. He played in uh, two games in 2013. He didn't even play in 2012. Now, 2014 was his coming out party, man. 105 oh. of 85. He started seven games. Or, I'm sorry, he started five games, played in seven. Uh, threw seven touchdowns to go with two picks. Completed 57% of his passes. So the seven last touchdowns, that's like 70% of his touchdown production all in one season. <laughs> He's got <Yeah>. 11 career. <laughs> so, and for any Clemson fan that's tuning in, we're not making fun of Charlie Whitehurst. No, we I mean, are yeah. like, we are, I'm, I'm in awe of like, I, I'm, I wish I could be Charlie Whitehurst. Yeah. Why would you not want this job? <laughs> we, I mean, this is, he had the greatest job in America for years. So then Charlie Whitehurst, this is thrilling radio, I know. 
Um, here's the other. He's two and uh, he's two seven and zero. Oh, oh come starter. on! Oh no! Wait a second here. There's there's no way this is true. <laughs> so Charlie Whitehurst, in his career, according to Spot Track, he's with including signing, including signing bonuses. That's got that's already got the signing bonus in there, right? Yeah. He made seventeen million five hundred and forty six thousand eight hundred and twenty three dollars <laughs> in his career. Seventeen million dollars. And he threw in his career. Um and he made over a million dollars a touchdown. He threw in his career eleven touchdowns yeah. <laughs> and attempted under four hundred passes. <laughs> Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! This guy—he made seventeen million dollars in his career, Phil, and he played. He played in twenty-five games. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. He, yeah, what did he average? Like eight hundred thousand dollars in appearance. Oh my God. <laughs> so hey. Stetson Bennett, if you're the next Charlie Whitehurst, you hey, won. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You won. You don't have to get hurt. Nothing. Nope. You just pop in there every so often. Uh, you know, um, just be there. Just be there, dude. Limit your drinking to uh, non-social uh, posting <laughs> exposure, and uh, and you got it, mate. <laughs> I cannot believe the numbers on Charlie Whitehurst. I got to call Flynn after this and tell him I actually pulled the numbers on this conversation we've had a thousand times. 55% of his passes in his career were completed for yeah. 2,463 yards, 11 touchdowns, and um, eight interceptions. He started nine games. He played in 25, and this cat made $17,546,000. <laughs> Of course, he did That's play in San Diego for six years. Per attempt. <laughs> yeah, so he had he had no state income tax in Tennessee for a couple of years. I have no idea what the income tax is in uh, Indianapolis or in Cleveland, Ohio. But, um, but you know, he got hurt over there in California and Washington. <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, like so. Yeah, he played six years in California. So they, yeah, and in Seattle. What the hell was Seattle thinking? Seattle in 2010 gave him $2 million. They gave him a $2 million bonus to sign. And then his salary in 2011 was four. So he made $8 million in Seattle. And he, uh, Phil, he attempted 155 career passes for $8 million in Seattle. <laughs> That isn't that is unbelievable. <laughs> oh my gosh. I cannot I, I just you are worth what the market says you're worth. That's right. That's the, right. The, the market said that being a third string quarterback in the league, you're worth seventeen million dollars. Hats <laughs> off to Charlie Whitehurst, man. Just incredible. What a run. Eleven seasons. It's our hero. Man, there goes our hero. Playoffs in Seattle in 2010. <laughs> yeah. Bill Bill asked, does Whitehurst still date the singer Jewel? No, uh, he is married yeah. to Carrie Whitehurst, according to uh according to Google. 
Mm-hmm. But but Jewel once uh, 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 performed in a song with Patrick Davis. There's your nugget of the day. How about yeah, that? that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so a little update here on uh, Kip. He did send me a message. He got called into a, uh, a he said it was a very urgent meeting uh, with a client. And uh, so he's had to postpone hopefully till just tomorrow or maybe on Friday. So that's unfortunate, but that's OK. That's what happens. We, we all have have jobs. And uh, those things happen. So if it's okay with the rest of you, Phil and I can take you home. We will hit our final time out of the afternoon, and we'll do that when we return. Days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Lender, NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Eddie, I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, In fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation or, you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Brian Women. And I sing hallelujah. I do believe it's happening. We're almost to the top of the mountain. Yes, my brothers and sisters, lift your voices, clap your hands. The speed far from the promised land. I said I'm from the front pew. Of a wooden white church, a courthouse clock that still don't work, where a man's word means everything. Where moms and dads were high school flames, gave their children grandmothers maiden name. Yes, it may not sound like much, but it's where I'm from. 
other, one of a kind. Even in my dreams, I still find her. She's like an old friend awaiting when I close my eyes, and how lucky I am to call her mine. No, you'll never find another like my Carolina. Where does it go when you swear you know that it's all? with Patrick Davis this Friday. We are just over 48 hours away from that. If you're going to be in the low country, head to patrickdavismusic.com. Uh, I will tell you if you've never seen uh, one of his concerts. Of course, he'll be performing before the spring game as well. This is uh, much different um, when he gets to actually play in an arena like he will do so down on King Street on Friday night. It is, it's an awesome show. Uh, it is so much fun. The VIP experience, he makes it really special. He will come talk to you. Um, I'll be up there for anybody that might, might be coming down. Um, I think uh, there are still a few. Last I checked, there was under under 30, or and that was a few days ago, so I don't know how many are left. Uh, tickets left, um, which I think were about 30 or $35. And then the VIP experience is like $100. But you get to hang out for an hour up on the rooftop, and you get a drink, and you get some appetizers, and you get to see Patrick, and you never know who else you'll see at a Patrick Davis show. Uh, wink, wink. So he knows everybody. Put it that way. So certainly looking forward to that. If you are in the Low Country on Friday night, uh, make your way downtown. Uh, head to PatrickDavisMusic.com. Phil, Charlie Whitehurst is old news. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. Uh-oh. All right. Everybody hold on. What did, what did Tweeter say? Hold on to your nipples. <laughs> hold on to your nipples. <laughs> and this cat is, as far as I know, he has not announced his retirement. And I don't blame him. This cat has thrown a whopping 273 passes in his career. To his credit, he has completed... 186 of them for 68 percent, 1746 yards. I said 1746 yards, nine total touchdowns, seven interceptions. He has played in. Well, he has been on the roster for 74 career games. Or been, as, let me put it this way. He's been active on the roster for 74 career games, okay? All right. You hear all those stats? All right. Mm -hmm. Nine touchdowns, seven picks. Started in 2010, just finished in 2022, 
only 273 attempts, been activated for 74 games in those 13 seasons. He has made $41,828,000. The award for best third-string quarterback is none other than Missouri's Chase Daniel. <laughs> Chase Daniel. <laughs> Congratulations, Chase. That's right. $41 million in 13 years to throw God. nine touchdowns. <laughs> and now you wonder why everybody wants to be a quarterback. The carry-on joiner is like, oh, my God, just somebody put me at quarterback. <laughs> like, right. I could be Chase Daniel. <laughs> like, you know? right. like, That's right. Chase Daniel million. earned $4.5 million for every touchdown he's thrown. <laughs> Dude. I mean, and when you go to, if you if anybody's ever been to Spot Track, it's a great website. He, I mean, he's just been hosing people, man. Um, 2016, what did he do in 2016? In 2016, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Chase Daniel played in one game. Through one pass, it was caught for no. 16 yards, and he made $7 million. Oh, you think, you know, 100% completion rating would be worth $7 million. <laughs> <laughs> you take that all day long. <laughs> Dude, he made $7 million. In 2013, 14, and 15 in Kansas City, I'd be interested to know if this is a Kansas City thing or what. Um, but he got a $50,000 bonus every year he was there. It was called a workout bonus. <laughs> so, like, what does that mean? Exactly. What does it <laughs> Are you lifting weights? I am. Here's 50 grand. That's okay, fine. thanks. All right, another 50 grand. That's right. Are you in the weight room? Yep, sure am. Sure am. <laughs> this is unbelievable, man. Like, Unbelievable. Best job in the world, man. Best job in the world. <laughs> I mean, and am I hunched? I mean, uh, hey, Chase. Yeah. Hey, you got to end the game for us. Okay. Throws one pass. I mean, I, I don't, dude, I can't even comprehend it. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> but you got to figure it was like maybe he's in for a series. He's already handed the ball off twice. Gets lucky on a 16-yard completion for a first down, and then they run out the clock. <laughs> I mean, he got a he got a, his salary in 2016 was a million. He got a three million dollar signing bonus and a three million dollar roster bonus. So, essentially, the way I, the way I'm understanding this, they give you a million dollars to to sign. No, they give you a million dollars as part of your contract. They give you a signing bonus of $3 million. And then if you actually make the team, they give you another $3 million. You get another $3 million for you not being on the practice squad yet. Yeah, if you actually make the active roster. Wow. Dude, so he's um, – well, I guess since 2009. Uh, so he's been – how many years is that, Phil? One, two, three, six, nine. A solid, what, 13 12, years? 15, 15 years? 15? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's played in the league for 15 seasons. Is he still? Did he just retire? No. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. Well, and Taylor's got a good point. Look up big league pitchers, and you're oh, right, yeah, right. Like, especially the guy like Mike Hampton. Like he, I mean, he mm-hmm. was just like, look what he did to the Braves. I mean, he probably single handedly set him back, you know, 15 years. You know, <laughs> like, are we still paying Mike Hampton 20 million a year? Uh huh. When's the last time he played? Well, well he hadn't played. Oh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Got that Bobby Bonilla set up, right? <laughs> yeah, but but the difference, though, the difference, Taylor, these guys, so they were what, you know, the, the, the NFL guys, they report in August. He's all, you know, he's all wrapped up by January, hadn't played. The big league guys, they report in February and they don't get it out of there until October, you know, so it's, yeah, it's nuts, dude. Bobby Bonilla. Um, Allen Iverson, is it this year? Or did he already get it, or is it next year? I'll have to look it up. Maybe we'll have this stat for tomorrow. Allen Iverson was, on his 50th birthday, was owed $50 million by Reebok. It was it was a deferred payment for his, um, you know, brand, his brand went from when he originally signed with them. It was Reebok, right? Yeah, Reebok. Reebok. Yeah, yeah, Reebok. Yeah. yeah, so they... So yeah, Bobby Bonilla gets what a million dollars a year forever or something. Yeah, from the Mets, and then he gets another half a million dollars a year from uh, somebody else. I can't remember. Yeah, but he gets a million and a half a year even now. Uh, and then uh, I'm looking, yeah, AI paying eight hundred thousand dollars a year for life. We've got Alan a thirty-two, yeah, thirty-two million dollars in a trust. Uh. This is according to basketballforever.com. Yeah. And uh, and then he gets access to the full trust when he's 55 years old in, in uh, seven years, in 2030. 50. Oh, 55. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So in se- it's, a, it's when he's 55, not 50? Uh, this says 55. Okay, all right. In Bonilla's payments, they go um, until... 2035 yeah yeah give me one of those deals yeah, yeah. so like alan you know i i uh i saw alan iverson in the uh harris cherokee casino in cherokee north carolina in 2018 he was gambling in there and he got he got mad at one of the floor whatever you call them uh because he had a he had one table for um i think he was I think he was shooting craps, maybe. I can't remember. And they said, Mr. Iverson, your second table is ready. He goes, don't be calling my name out like that. You can't, I don't yeah. need these people know who I am. I'm like, <laughs> everybody in here knows who you are. Like, we, we can kind of see who you are. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Dude, it was crazy. He had, like, six, like, huge bodyguards by him. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> And I know he's a gambler, but just think when he gets to 2030, when he gets that $50 million. Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. watch out, Mayweather. You're going to have some competition at the tables in the sports books. Yeah. <laughs> Iverson's going to buy a Tiger to play with uh, with uh, Mike Tyson's. <laughs> right. Hey, Mike, you get me get me in one of those movies with your Tiger? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, oh man, we've essentially talked about nothing for the last 30 minutes, but uh, that's all right. Eh. Sometimes you get that on the show. <laughs> I, I will apologize to everybody for uh, 
for on behalf of Kip Bought Night, he obviously feels terrible. It's okay. We understand. It's all right. Uh, we can berate him tomorrow in the chat box when he joins oh, yeah. us. We're going to crush him next time he get, we get him in here. But we do appreciate Hale McGranahan for joining us in hour one to discuss much of the recruiting and the updated 24-7 rankings uh, for Gamecock football. If you missed that, make sure you go back and check it out. Tell your friends as we remind you every day. Uh, it is uh, to the point that I just made a minute ago about not talking about anything. It is actually National Goof Off Day. Well, so I'm glad we were able to we ended the show this way. Yeah, it all, it all kind of worked out. Yeah, that's right. Uh, tomorrow is one of my favorite national days of the year for two reasons. So we'll tell you about that when we get here tomorrow. For Phil, I'm JB. Have a wonderful Wednesday afternoon. This has been Inside the Gamecocks, the show painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Make sure you find them on Facebook to get your home, fence, deck, or whatever it is that needs painting painted. Let me paint something.com. We'll see you tomorrow at 11.